Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 695 with a review of Kimmy. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we already had a review of Nightmare Alley, and now we are talking about Kimmy, which also came to HBO Max this, right? Yeah, this weekend. And, yeah. uh, yeah, this is a film that uh, I was kind of looking forward to, half because I thought it looked interesting and half because I just wanted to make Steven watch this movie. <laughs> like mm-hmm. The idea of like somebody potentially being killed because of her Alexa um, was just, you know, I, I just, how could I, how could I pass up um, that plus it being the new Soderbergh film? Like, uh, it's just everything, everything a guy could want. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I understand. I, I dreaded it for the same reason, even though I have had my Alexa unplugged for like a year and a half now. So I'm not at risk of this at the moment. Well, that ties into the question I was going to ask you, Stephen, which is, are you the type of I, mean, I think in the past in other type of films, I've asked you if you're the type of person to put like, you know, tape or some sort of blocker over your webcam. But are you the type of person who goes into your... <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because Steven just shut his his camera cover uh, mid mid uh, sentence. But uh, are you the kind of person who goes specific, specifically into your assistant device settings and checks the option that says like "Don't ever upload my shit to the server for um, review purposes" or anything like that? Or do you kind of leave all the settings at the default? I I tend to leave settings at the default i'm kind of the target demographic of all these gdpr style rules where it says you have to upfront ask for permission to do things yeah hypothetically you know a lot of apps let you customize before for me i tend to not think about it unless i'm confronted with the choice and then my choice is no 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 all the time yeah. an example is like can an app upload analytics to better whatever better serve the user the standard thing that ios always asks you i'm a developer by history i understand the importance of that i say no every time they ask me because i'm like why would i say yes why would i let them get analytics on me yeah Um, so i'm like in between i'm not proactively paranoid about privacy but if you ask me would i rather have privacy or not then i will always say yes i'd rather have privacy yeah i i'm i am for the most part i don't I, I don't care when it's Apple, <laughs> like when it's directly for Apple products, you know, like I set up a new Mac and it has a little checkbox. that's like, send all the diagnostic stuff to Apple. I'm like, yes, please. Apple take all my shit because like, I want you to make this product better. I want you to know how I use it. Um, yeah, because I are the we know they pe- pay attention to radars and bug reports for sure. <laughs> well, I know they're not going to listen to a bug, but if they get mm. a- anonymized data about how a machine's working, maybe they'll do something with that. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, in general, I don't tell my home pod system to not, uh, you know, not fire because even though, you know, the joke is that you're talking to your friend uh, on a podcast and then accidentally uh, Kimmy is is uh, invoked and starts trying to do things. But I've never I've never had my systems fire when I'm not actively saying something. So I'm never mm-hmm. worried about like, oh, what's going to happen if some sound turns on and like it gets uploaded to Apple so that they can make sure Siri's working. I'm mostly like, yeah, Siri has problems and I'd like it to get better so they can have any random recordings of me um, saying something. I'm surprised Siri hasn't triggered the last several times I've said it just yeah, now. Um, I guess they're getting better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've definitely had it where uh, where Alexa fired when I was in the other room having a conversation and I only found out because like I heard her talking and then I checked like what triggered that. Yeah. So I 
and and that is kind of an in between, right? Where it, like if you know it it fired, that's fine, you know. But if you don't realize it because you're like in the middle of a conversation and you're far away or something like that, then it gets kind of dubious. Yeah, but it it is funny though that like as people were worried about our you know smart devices listening to us but we'll also go out to a bar and just scream things that should be private out loud True. after like multiple beers right like it, it's yeah, yeah it's just funny how, and, and in this world where like everybody's glasses and phone could be recording and broadcasting at any moment in time it's just it's just funny to think that uh we're scared of a, a smart device privately in our home uh recording us but we are totally fine just saying all of our secrets out loud when we're walking around neighborhoods and stuff like that it's definitely a good point when it comes to secrets. I think there's a line between a secret and a personal, private, invasive feel. Like, if I say... I know what you're saying, you know, Stephen. <laughs> no, not only that. Uh, but, like, you know, if you're talking at a bar, even after several drinks, everyone knows, like, if you're talking about work and you're naming names, there is some risk that someone is going to hear you yeah. and understand it. And maybe they'll record it. Maybe they won't, but you know, it, it could be permanent. You know, that to me is different than the like violation you would feel if like you were at home having a heart to heart with someone and that there is just a non-zero chance that that exists on the internet now. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like the expectation of privacy, even though after a few drinks, you may be, start to believe you have it in a bar i think you're still like <laughs> your mindset there's like some bit inside of you that knows it is flipped into the i'm in public mode and not the i am in private mode yeah and i i think there's still just something fundamentally ickier about the idea of being recorded when you're at home yeah yeah i mean 100 percent. there's something icky about it for sure i just for me like if a third party app pops up the iOS dialogue that says, uh, do you want this app not to track you across devices? I go, yes, I want it to not attract, <laughs> track me across multiple devices. But like my HomePods, I don't, I've never really cared, right? Mm -hmm. The only time it's ever been invoked that I've known about it, I've just laughed because I know exactly what invoked it, right? Um, so it's, yeah. it's kind of, I don't know. But anyways, we're going to find out if uh, randomly invoking your smart device could be bad for other people in just a moment. <laughs> what do you say, Stephen? <laughs> we get into this review. Let's do it. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Kimmy, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. What do you want from me? Kimmy? I'm here. Why don't you run from me? Call Darius. Hey, hotness! Wow. What are you wondering? What do you know? Kimmy? I'm here. Reopen last stream on desktop. I need more kitchen paper. Open yesterday's stream. I'm a voice stream interpreter. I may have heard a crime on one of the streams. The devices pick up lots of things. Just mark this degraded audio and delete it. I am not capable and you know it. I think a woman might need help. How do I find out who she is? You need a device number and the admin code. Will you make me one? This is the last favor, Cosmos. Close your files, come to my office. We'll listen to the recordings together. Miss Childs, 
I have to know what we're dealing with. We're dealing with what sounds like a premeditated murder. How do I know that? Because I just told you. Twice now. Maybe you've just replaced your real stresses with this. Can we please call the FBI? I understand that you have taken some mental health leave in the past. Well, why is that in my file? You said you had her. They did. Now they don't. Kimmy, get timeline. Is this the only copy? I emailed it to everyone I know this morning. Kimmy, I'm here. All right. So that was the trailer for Kimmy. It is about a woman who is a voice stream interpreter, um, who's basically somebody who listens to all the false, uh, the false in- invocations of your smart devices, and you know tries to type what you are actually asking for, so that the systems can hopefully get smarter. Uh, one day, while just doing her job, um, she hears uh, you know a very strange sound on one of the recordings, which leads her to believe that somebody has been uh, murdered, and she decides that she should do the right thing. Um, and this is what happens when she tries to, uh, call attention to the higher ups in her company, what she's found. Stephen Miller, <laughs> how did you enjoy being forced to watch Kippy? <laughs> so it's interesting because I was dreading it. Honestly, the, the premise as pitched to me, like the, the one liner for this movie is not really what the movie is, you know, the, yeah. This isn't really the movie about, like, what if Alexa tried to kill you or what if Alexa turned on you. It isn't even Eagle Eye or one of those, like, oh, my God, think about how much power these things have. It's kind of like Rear Window or something that just uses this new technology as a new way of... It's closer to that um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal movie, uh, The Guilty. (laughs) (laughs) That we watched at TIFF, right? Like, it's kind of of like the whole... uh, Alexa premise is obviously it's playing in this water. It's playing in a kind of like paranoid thriller vibe, but I don't know. It it was different than the movie I thought I was going to watch. And I think we might have an old fashioned disagreement because I thought this movie was a whole fucking lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. (laughs) And a few comments you've made this week make me think you maybe have uh, stronger nitpicks at the movie than I do. Um, That that might be possible. (laughs) Yeah. So, why do I like this movie? We were talking in Nightmare Alley about directors just like calling their shot and then doing it anyway, being like, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do and you're going to fucking like it. Um, I feel like Soderbergh is so great at this. And there is a Chekhov's tool of some sort in this movie that like I the moment I heard about it, I was like, oh, yeah, I know exactly. Like, this is going to come full circle. I know it will. It's going to be dumb when it does and i'm gonna be here for it and that is how i felt you're talking about Chekhov's kombucha on the end of the counter right (laughs) (laughs) well no i i I actually was thinking about both the kombucha is like a mini you know that's like the mini version of the broader thing the movie is doing and i was like hell yeah knock that kombucha dude (laughs) i see it um yeah, I don't know. I, re- I really, I like Zoe Kravitz in this movie. I think it is like an appropriately 90s-ish thriller movie. Like it doesn't have a lot of bloat. It isn't trying to be more serious or more deep about its characterizations than it has to be. It fills out the backstory of Zoe Kravitz's character, Angela, just enough for us to be like, okay, we kind of get why you are the way you are. 
let's just buy it and move forward. Um, the details about the tech world, sure. The programming language she uses is chaotic. I, I don't understand a lot about this job that she does, um, but I enjoyed living in that world. I enjoyed that as a premise for a paranoid thriller to flow from. I think the style, the camera work, I mean, it's Soderbergh. He always is having fun. He does something different every time. And here I really like the kind of frenetic way he films, especially when Kimmy is outside in the world. He has a lot of fun, almost like uh, Paul Schrader in The Card Counter, <laughs> of saying, like, how can I disorient you and make you feel extra uncomfortable in day-to-day -day life in this particular aesthetic? Um, I, th I thought the confrontations with the big company, it had like strong HR scene in the assistant vibes of just like, how can we layer on this idea of an organization being maybe not entirely on your side or that, that flip that happens when you realize that rather than being supported, you are maybe being thwarted by the people that are meant to help you. I was just here for all of it. I thought, I thought the action was fun. I thought the pace kept it up. It was a nice, lean, less than 90-minute movie. Chekhov's hardware tools <laughs> worked well for me. <laughs> Certain characters who were introduced at the beginning of the movie, when they show up later, I thought the payoff was good. And yeah, I just thought it was a tight thriller. Like, Soderbergh is not back to his A game, but this is like a B game that I can have a lot of fun with. And he's not using weird-ass lenses anymore, so I think we can all be happy for that. <laughs> you mean that when a character moves from one side of the screen to the other, they're in focus the whole time and not constantly exactly. going in and out of focus? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember any ridiculously wide-angle... He certainly didn't pan, pan with any ultra-wide lenses, and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, for sure. Maybe the maybe when she looks into the retinal scan, maybe there's a little bit of fisheye there. I don't remember. Um, yeah, so as, as Steven sort of hinted, I have more complicated thoughts about this film. Obviously, I was the one that was most excited to it. I was also throwing around the reductive, not even accurate statement of uh, it's somebody trying to be killed by their Alexa, which I knew was not actually the premise, but it was just the fun way um, to, to talk about it. Um, but I, I think for the most part... Watching this film, this is an entertaining film. I enjoyed The Watch. I have no problem with that. Visually, I like this film. You know, like everything that it's doing from the standpoint of this is everything except for the story. I really enjoyed about this film. <laughs> the performances, um, the visuals, the just, just, just all that stuff was great. E even like the presentation of the tech and stuff like that, I, like visually was, 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 was fun. I think the story is dumb and overly complicated and i think it's too like I, I don't think this film knows what it, the story it actually wants to tell right this is because to me it's funny like like this film is playing in the genre of you know a enemy of the state or something where somebody now has a thing people know they have it they're trying to kill them they're hacking shit right but that's not mm. even really what the story is like in theory like, if you watch the trailer, there's lots of scenes of her walking outside, looking over her shoulder, and theoretically running from stuff, right? 90% of those shots, she's not running from anyone in particular. She is agoraphobic and scared of being outside. So it's like mm -hmm. the film sets up a story about a woman whose challenge about going outside is not that people are trying to kill her, it's that she is scared of being outside. And then 
it gives her a thing that the whole conflict is that she needs to tell somebody about this thing, but she can't do it remotely. She has to go in. And that is the entire thing she is dealing with until somebody physically interacts with her. For all she knows, there is nothing to worry about. And she is just going about her day and is scared to be out in public. Wildly different film than what they are selling. They are selling Enemy of the State. Uh, you know, somebody gets on a bike and is going to get hit by, uh, uh, you know, a fire truck. <laughs> you know, like, like that, that kind of movie. That is not what we're watching at all. This is just a woman who's scared to be outside and having to go outside to turn something in. Then we enter the stage that you're talking about in this film, which is the assistant, the assistant style HR scenes, right? But it's not even clear to me whether the reason they don't want to take this forward is purely about the upcoming um, IPO, or if they know what the tape actually means significance-wise, right? There's too much cross-bleeding between the story of the person who the tape is about, what they do, and who other people in the, like it, this film just seems very very muddy in what it's trying to do then on top of it the entire film is about this smart device that is connected to all your other things right hey kimmy do this hey kimmy do my work for me hey kimmy turn this on turn this off right never never at any point in time does she ask kimmy to actually help her until the movie's basically done right and like the entire time yeah, watching it big until <laughs> i i, I I just mean like I'm watching this film and the whole time I kept going like, hey, Kimmy, do this. And then the movie's over before she actually says that invocation to, to, yeah. to Kimmy. Right. I just well, I, early in the movie. I, I'm, I'm curious what you mean by she never asked it to help her. Like it establishes she asks it like what's you know, what day is it today? What's the news? Read me this set an alarm. Like no, She's using it in the way that I would use an Alexa. When I say help her, I mean in when it counts, right? Like okay. There, okay, there, sure. there is there is a moment so where So you're mad that the Trump card they played, they didn't play it like ten minutes earlier. I, I'm mad that this person, that this this woman who is obviously really skilled and intelligent, didn't think to say something she says at minute eighty seven that she could have said at minute seventy at the very least. It like never once occurred to her like the first thing she th thought was, uh, you know, nighttime lights, not, hey, get some fucking help. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, just, it just, it boggles my mind that that was never even crossed her mind. Like, it just feels like, like the way they wanted to play with those commands. Also, this is, this is, they're, they're not. I mean, obviously, they, they weren't going to use something that's licensed. It wasn't actually going to be Siri. It wasn't actually going to be Alexa. So they make up this other competitor device. But in the universe, it's a competitor. We can, it, Listen, if this competitor device can answer a FaceTime call, obviously, it has such gnarly integration that you might be able to string voice commands together instead of having to say three separate, hey, Kimmy, do this. Hey, Kimmy, do this. Hey, Kimmy, do this. You can go, hey, Kimmy, do this, this, and then this. And it would like... It, it's it sounds like you're tech. just submitting a feature request for this thing that doesn't exist. <laughs> no, no, I, I just mean that it, it, it's funny what Kimmy can do and what Kimmy can't do. And, yeah. and, and like the, they, the, the filmmakers were really keen, or I guess the writer was really keen on the idea of what if, how can I use a voice assistant one voice call at a time? And it, it just, it, it felt 
you know, as cool as those moments are in the moment, it just felt kind of silly to me that the very first thing wasn't, hey, Kimmy, do this. And assuming the device works by your voice and, you know, any bad person she was interacting with couldn't just say, hey, Kimmy, undo that. It, it seems like she could have got help a lot earlier than she did, which mm. seems weird to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that's, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you so, go for a little bit before I before I go on more. <laughs> Yeah, so so one thing that is interesting to me is a bunch of stuff that you criticize as being muddy, I see as clever piling on of patterns. Like, like I feel like the whole Kimmy, by the end of the movie, by the, I don't know, middle point of the movie, Kimmy, not Kimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe Kravitz's character. Zoe Kravitz's character, Angela. Um, Kimmy is just such a more memorable name. Uh, Angela has three reasons for not wanting to be outside. There is the agoraphobia that is established. There is the plot machinations of the movie that pile on specific threats. And there is the history that led her to become the way she is. I, I would say more, actually. There's also the COVID-19 pandemic, which exists yeah. in the movie. Um, you... Even, you know, in a comment earlier this week, when I started to get an inkling that you maybe had some problems with the movie, um, you started to hint at that as muddy. To me, that is not muddy. That is very clever. It's about how, like, all these things wrap together. It's like the perfect storm. It is the nightmare for a person who already had a reason to want to stay inside, now is being thrust further and further outside their comfort zone for the sake of doing the right thing. I think that is, like, an intentional, fun story decision and not a movie that doesn't know what it wants to say. But but here here's why I think it's muddy. And it's because they're not brave enough to just do that. The, what this film is doing is saying, hey, what if we take the plot machinations of a uh, hacker gets data they're not supposed to have and now people want to kill them and we replace a bunch of the, um, the dangers of people being able to track you down as being a woman who can't go outside because of of her agoraphobia and it's like they want to be like like let's make it just a voice assistant and she found something that way so it's not hackers that got into a place they're not supposed to be and then she is challenged with trying to build the will to fight against um her her inability to go outside in order to deliver this to somebody who will help her and then that person is sort of gaslighting her and not willing to help her because they have other things on their mind right it's trying to place it in that set that 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 setting right take 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 this premise which we've seen in other films warp it in this way to be this new thing and call it a day the problem is for the last 30 minutes, they just go, nah, it's just hacking and shit now. And it's like... They, no, you know, I know. It, it's a pile-on. They, yeah. like, they, they, they start with the twisted premise, and then they pile on the original goods. Like, but, to but me, it, that it, is a fun decision, not a lack of conviction. To, to me, it doesn't feel like a pile-on, though, because of how silly some of... The, like, th there are problems... There, there are nitpicks that I have that are only introduced because they set it in a way that makes it able to be nitpicked. I'll try to be as vague as possible. I, here, there, there, there's, there's, there's one moment in the film where somebody is trying to get access to a device that she uh, is normally in control of. Mm -hmm. And she says, you're going to need a password for that. And they say, we already have that, right? 
So they say, we have your password. They say, we know you didn't email it to everybody you know. But then there's other stuff they theoretically can't access. So it's like, mm. on the one hand, they talk about how they have access to all her shit. And on the other hand, they seem to be locked out of certain things that they should obviously have access. If they can get into your email and they can get into all, all these things, they should know exactly how many copies of the thing you have, exactly where you place it. Like the fact that they're struggling to do these things that should be obvious given they hacked all the shit. Um, it, it just seems weird that in other cases, it's because this line sounds cool when you say it. That right. it, it, it See, my, my argument, and I, it is mostly because the line sounds cool. I'll give you that. <laughs> but my argument is that up until this moment, they have been restricted to cloud-based whatever, which means they can't rule out, like, like she probably doesn't have, uh, I, like, one of those, like, work-related tracking things on her computer that, like, logs every action that she takes, right? She, she probably, I, I forget what we have. <laughs> I was going to name drop it. CrowdStrike. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she probably doesn't have CrowdStrike, you know. What what she does have, because she lives in, you know, 2022, 2021, I don't know when the movie set, is she has a web-based email server. Every Like, everything that she does, for the most part, is in the cloud. And if you have access to her passwords, which are relatively breakable, then you can get in there. Yeah. Now, if you are going to criticize the order of operations of bad guys at the end of the movie totally agree they they fumble spectacularly um soderbergh likes to have bad guys fumble but usually he makes them the star and then we're in with the joke yeah. of it and here it's just like happening on the outside and that is a little bit whatever it, it was fine for me but they're definitely not as skilled at what they do as they appear so, so here's the thing um I'm going to be a tiny bit spoiler, spoilery here, um, just because I have to. But don't worry. From the opening of this movie, we know who the bad guy is. <laughs> it's Derek Delgadio, whatever his name is, right? Yeah. Like, we are introduced to him, and the first thing he does is pulls up a phone where he's dealing with, like, bad people, and he's in trouble. And, like, we, we know he's going to be the bad guy because it's set up that way from the beginning. So there is, there is, a, there is a thread in this story which no one would ever have ever brought up on their own, but the writer specifically wants to make it a deal that you can understand this is happening. Um, I almost called her Kimmy again as well. Angela is, she is logging this thing that is suspicious to her and she goes, it's weird. There's no, uh, there's no voice prompt. There's no, there's no invocation. It just started recording this. And that is one of the things that makes her think something is weird. How could this happen? Something has to be going on, right? So for some reason, there wasn't a... Hey, Kimmy, followed by a I'm here. And then this moment of audio, it was just the audio being recorded. And nobody mm. knows why that is. That's the big old thing, right? We find out what the reason is. And it's because a certain somebody was trying to keep tabs on her. This character says this from her own, the, the, the woman who dies. Uh, this person says, I was keeping tabs on her that's and then somebody else goes you gave her a kimmy and he goes oh shit there could be sounds that that records you were recording the sounds you know they were there like i guess you were just backing them up but you were never going to listen to them and that's where all the conflict comes from i feel like you tapped her device you caused the problem you have access to it you could delete the logs but they don't delete the logs until they already know that they're being accessed i, I just I, I it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard of in a movie and i wouldn't even have this complaint if there wasn't a specific line in the film where Angela 
it goes, huh, there's no uh, voice prompt that, that caused this to be recorded. I guess there's a, there, there's, there's, there's a reason it was recorded. If it was just an accidental invocation or the person in the room asking Kimmy to record, I would not have a problem. But the problem is <laughs> he was tapping the vice, but he didn't know there were recordings. I just, I don't get it. Yeah, so you definitely did just bring up a a hole that I just willfully <laughs> didn't think about. Because but what's interesting is I forgot all about the idea of keeping tabs on her. What what I remember in the movie is a character specifically says like, "Hey, record this," and. Where that doesn't fit with me is the idea that this happened without a voice prompt. Yeah. Um, Like, I chalk it up, and the moment I chalk it up to, like, a sloppy cover-up or something, um, and I didn't know what (laughs) else to do. Like, I tried to delete the file, but I got disconnected halfway through deleting it or what? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Like, like there was... To me, one of the... various things you said they can't all be true so you're right like they've definitely built in a contradiction either he is intentionally listening and that's why it picked up things in which case he 100 percent should know that that is going to be a problem he has to solve or he put in that kimmy because they can listen at any time but this audio clip that got captured is not one of those things where he triggered it to go on and the reason that turned on is completely separate in which case it's weird that she doesn't know what triggered it i don't know definitely something in that list doesn't make sense yeah i I mean it's clearly he had it set to (laughs) randomly record bits just in case she was talking about something he could check it later but Mm. even in the random version implies that he was checking in on it occasionally or it's just like, you know, recording something that you never want to actually ever look at just, just so that you know that it was recorded, which is, you know, not, it's not like there aren't like a bunch of metrics that I record for a bunch of different things digitally yeah. that I never actually read the output from. But it just, it just seems weird that if you were worried about her talking, but then on top of that, there, there so there's two things, right? One is theoretically, they are worried about, um, they are worried about, it getting out that there are privacy invasions because these recordings get sent to the mothership, right? And they're about to IPO and they don't want a bunch of privacy conversations around there, right? But at the same time, the dead woman was telling him about how easily hackable the device is. So it was like, well, was the concern that she would blow the whistle on how hackable it was? Or was the concern that everybody would know that you are a piece of shit who is monstrous to women and you don't want to get fired right before your company IPOs? Like, there's too many nested problems that could cause him to want to be a guy who would send assassins after somebody, right? (laughs) See, yeah, I I hear what you're saying. I just don't think... It's too many. I think it's like, <laughs> it's a dramatic irony. It's the the guy in charge of the company that is stealing all your data and violating your privacy also has this giant gaping thing where he wants to have privacy and he is terrified that something is going to get out. And the company that has to IPO wants to keep a tight ship because that's how capitalism works or whatever. But also there are specific agents trying to keep a close lid on this specific thing. Like the fact that those are all nested layers to me, 
is fun in the way that um, no sudden move is fun or it's like there just keeps being more on top. There's like someone else. There's someone else involved. There's something else to it. Yeah. I agree with you in terms of like the cleanest, tautest narrative. It isn't that. But I like, again, I think the piling on is an intentional, enjoyable thing, not a thing that ruins the story. Yeah. I will 100% give you the reason for why the clip showed up in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> somebody made a mistake. <laughs> I, you've convinced me. The movie has given me too many different reasons for why that happened. Yeah, it, it just, just for me, it just felt like trying to be clever in a way that for me doesn't mathematically work out because I, I'm, I'm trying to watch this film at face value. Right. Mm. <laughs> it definitely is not willing to play with me at that level. So can we talk a little bit about um, Angela's behavior in the movie? Because like you, you mentioned we were chatting about this movie a couple of days ago and you mentioned like, is it agoraphobia or is it like germophobia or is it, an entirely separate thing well, because again I, I, the movie I, I was specifically saying that she says she's agoraphobic we see her not being able to go outside but then she does a lot of mannerisms that remind me of like stereotypical filmic OCD and, I, mm -hmm. and like my, the, the sort of jokingly reductive comment I made was like uh, OCD is not agoraphobia or, or agoraphobia is not OCD um, mm -hmm. so like yes COVID times we, we can we can assume this film takes place in early COVID days where everybody was PRLing all the time and like yeah. washing off their groceries. Um, but it just felt it felt very uh, it, it felt very like how many how many things are you trying to pile on here? <laughs> I mean, I like that's how I felt to the universe when COVID started, which again, again is my like once again, I think it is a pile on like I think in this case, there's an inciting event that we learn about that makes Angela become fragile in some way or a desire to have this level of control. And then this fucking pandemic happens and suddenly all of that gets heightened and it shoots in a ton of different directions and it becomes a fear of going outside or a fear of germs or a fear of bad people or fear, like to me, that is all a very believable. And again, I think, I think Soderbergh is doing the kind of like, fuck 2020 redux basically he's just yeah. being like dude this sucks <laughs> <laughs> and i love the hand sanitizer move the signature move big fan <laughs> love that for her character i want to uh, i don't even play video games but i want to play a video game that is just like her in the blue hair scurrying around seattle and like occasionally you have to like sanitize and wave your hands <laughs> nice also um, I mean, this is clearly a stylish choice, right? But her outfits are very, like, colorful and style. Like, it, it, it's it's very, it's always this two-tone, like, one color on the underside mm -hmm. and then another color on the outer side. And she's got blue hair. Yeah. I feel you like... You gotta have blue hair. I, I just mean that, like, if, you, if you're really scared for your life, you stand out. <laughs> it's just, like, fucking... <laughs> It just I like I kept being like maybe don't put on your matching outfit <laughs> just put on a normal jacket and cover your hair. I I will say when she leaves the house she's not afraid that she's being followed I don't believe. 
True, true. But I, I just feel like, you know, in like the town, uh, you know, she has enough common sense to immediately go to a bathroom and just cut her hair off. Yeah, bash her face. In. <laughs> yeah, and smash her face on a sink. Yeah. Um. I, if I if I can nitpick for a second, as long as we're talking about bad guys not always being good at their jobs, um, do they know how to close blinds? <laughs> <laughs> to me, that that was like it, it was like the what is the opposite of a Chekhov's? It was like the red herring. It was it was the thing that I thought surely this is going to be their undoing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, wasn't it though? <laughs> I don't know, actually. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically, I won't, I won't say it. <laughs> we'll talk about it after. But yeah. Anyway, I like Kimmy. <laughs> it, in more positive notes, how fucking sick was that apartment? <laughs> it was so, that was really cool. I, I'm into it. it just, is this just all the apartments in Seattle? <laughs> is that... I don't know. I mean, apparently now a comparable apartment in Seattle is like as expensive as San Francisco. So I don't think they're packing that square footage. <laughs> I, I don't know how uh, how Angela got her place. Yeah. Also, if you were a voice uh, print interpreter, whatever person, do you think you'd be dog fooding <laughs> your Kimmy device? Or would you be like, yeah, I'm not going to put one of these in my apartment? <laughs> I probably would not put one in my apartment. I, I think that is true and probably another good film. It, maybe it's a dev device, but it seems like she strictly is an annotator or whatever and not someone who writes code for the Kimmy. So, yeah, true. Yeah. But from, from a corporation standpoint, she's still, um, you know, she's still using it, which is, it just seems like you'd be like, like there has to be like at least some sort of, you know, tiny chance that you're going to get one of your own recordings on, on yeah. the thing. But in, in, in this world though, it's like everyone has a Kimmy. So maybe her ownership of that preceded her joining the company. And that's partly why she was so into joining the company is because she gets to be a part of this amazing skyrocketing thing. Who knows? Gotcha. One of the other things that I joked about when we were talking earlier, not on the recording, what, because you know, a friend and colleague called out, called attention to the fact that the Rotten Tomato on the store, the, the Rotten Tomato score is like critics, high 80s. Everyone else, I forget what it was like, 60s or 50s or whatever it was. And it was like, it just seems like shocking to me. And I definitely, the, the thing that I jokingly said there is I feel like this film is sort of going for the don't look up sort of like see man it's like saying something about the current condition of the world and like something about our surveillance society uh <laughs> i don't know why i chose that voice but I, but I, to me it feels like this film is getting a bump because it's like see you know, companies and your data right <laughs> and it, it feels like like there's something that this film thinks it's saying but it has nothing to say about that topic at all and i just wonder if some people are like yeah throw out your home pods <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my first of all, I don't I don't feel like the film is saying anything beyond just what like paranoid thriller is a whole genre. And that has always been the subtext, you know, forever. Yeah. You know, the companies are spying on you. The government is spying on you. Other people are listening to you. They're wiretapping you. It's the conversation. It's whatever. Like, I have trouble thinking that that 
was so specific in this case that it made critics love it as opposed to any of the other like terrible paranoid thrillers that have come out before. <laughs> I would say to, to me, I would argue it's just a good movie and that's why critics <laughs> loved it. And I'm more curious why audience scores were, were more negative. Yeah. Um, like if I can, I don't know, culture war it a little bit, maybe they don't like the like female tech star of it as a character. Maybe that's like them considering it a, I don't, I don't know, what do they call Mary Sue, what, whatever the fucking misogynist people say when they don't like a lead character. <laughs> but I feel um, like she's one of the good things in this movie, and I, that should be no, universal, but I, I don't know. She is. She's great. I See, I would think it would be pretty universal to like this movie, too. Yeah. Um, otherwise, if I do have to live in a world where critics are giving this a bump over regular people for personal reasons i would say it's more likely soderbergh just a and thing like them knowing yeah like them knowing it's him means they're scaling in on the panache more and they're overweighting that compared to everything else because they're like hell yeah this is what i go to when steven soderbergh says he's making a movie like i kind of felt that with high flying bird that that was the nba movie that people seem to really dig the iphone made nba movie yeah. and i liked it fine but i i didn't really understand the hype and i felt like if another person made this movie you might not talk about it so maybe that's it at play too yeah i i feel like in a different universe this is like this feels like a movie that i would be the only person that likes and I just got so lost in like the story it tried to pile on top of itself that I was like, man. And then when I saw that everybody else loves the movie, I was like, man. <laughs> yeah. That, that is funny. I, so you have succeeded in the podcast in that I now believe the story like doesn't really make sense. <laughs> I don't. I mean, technically, that's one on the scoreboard for me, but I feel like that's like a, a net loss for the universe. <laughs> Oh, it doesn't bother me though. I still like the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just mean that, like you're, you're like you, your, your role is the defender, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I just, like the supervillain just won. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. All right. Well, it's about that time, Stephen. <laughs> Should we get to our verdicts for this film? Yes. All right. If you're going to give us a must see, record with the caveat, wait for I'll pass with the caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I go with your heart, Stephen. Must see. <laughs> okay. You uh, you must reals? see this. I was gonna downgrade it to recommend with a caveat, not only because of your points, but also just realizing as I went in to defend this movie that it didn't it didn't leave as much of a mark as I felt the moment it ended on Sunday that it was going to. Um and so I think that does speak to this being a movie that maybe is fun in the moment, but doesn't quite have the staying power I would love to have. But I had a ton of fun in the moment. Everything from realizing it was not two and a half hours, but under one and a half hours, <laughs> to, <laughs> to uh, the filmmaking style, to wondering, what do you order for breakfast at a food truck? I don't know. I want to find out. The, the world of this movie just... Uh, I found the experience enjoyable from beginning to end. The music cue is on point. Uh, the character of Kimmy, again, could be the star of a video game or an anime or some other thing, and I would definitely watch that shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I had a lot of fun in the moment. I think you'll have a lot of fun in the moment, too, if you seek this out. Ask me in 12 months 
how much I remember this movie. Maybe it won't be so much, but that's not what it's for. Soderbergh makes one of these a year, so you can just watch it and not have to think about it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I am I am going to knock it all the way down to a wait for rental. Ooh. To be fair, it's not that I think this film is actively bad. I enjoyed my watch of it. I had fun with it. I just... I just thought some of the writing was bad. <laughs> and that knocks it down for me uh, significantly because I, I was watching the whole second half of this movie going like, but what about this? What about this? But what about this? What about this? That doesn't make any sense. What about this? Um, Out loud, triggering yeah. your home pods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I'm, for, for me, this is one of those like Christopher's rating, wait for rental, everyone else probably recommend like i i think it's fun like i unless you're me i feel like you'd be hard pressed to like actively dislike this film it just might not stick with you for very long um but mm. but i had fun with it still and uh yeah that's all i have to say about that there's there's one thing that really really bothered me which is i'll, I'll give you the real expl explanation after we after we uh stop um Stop recording because um, it would be kind of spoilery. But the last shot of this film, right? There is something absent from those those scenes that was present every time anybody was outside <laughs> in the previous scenes, mm -hmm. right? It's like every time you look down at that food truck, there's a lot of people who are wearing certain things. Right. <laughs> and then smash cut to like everybody feels differently because however this movie plays out and suddenly COVID doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> No, or, or time, time has passed and we learned about the likelihood of transmission from touching things and the likelihood of outdoor transmission. And we adopted different standards because of that. <laughs> I just feel like I don't know how much time actually passes between the end of this movie and like the last shot of the film. But it just felt like a, it felt like a sudden like, oh, and literally the whole world's better now. <laughs> I think if I can turn it into like a whatever metaphor for a second, I think the movie is saying like the world is dangerous, but you can learn how to adapt and still make it livable. And the way society has evolved in the period of time since the movie ended is mimicking the personal evolution that Kimmy went on. Or Not Kimmy. God damn it. Her <laughs> name is Angela. Maybe it's like a Sean Baker thing. And <laughs> And it's Angela's idea of what she'd like the end of this film to be. Mm -hmm. All right. Anyways, that is the end of our review of Kimmy. Stephen Miller, people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller, sdavidmiller.com, or just I don't know, call Yuri if you can't. He'll He'll figure it out. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL or in one of the, the voice analysis labs at uh, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to find more episodes of the show, you can do so at uh, thespoilerwarning.com. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning, facebook.com slash the spoiler warning, or instagram.com slash the spoiler warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at the spoiler warning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. The music for this episode will come from a licensed track from artist.io. Hopefully, you're enjoying whatever track I randomly selected now. And uh, yeah, that's the end of this review. We'll be back next week, probably, maybe, uh, with a review of something else. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is, but we'll find something. All right. We'll, we'll pull it off. 
Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Whew. Thank you.